Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Locked On Clippers, part of the Locked On NBA <laughs> Network. I'm your host, William the Opinion Updike, and with me every week as he is, it's the uh, ambiguous Chuck Mock. <laughs> the ambiguous. <laughs> uh, I think today, because we're it's Wednesday, so of course we're doing what could have been Wednesdays, I'm going to be honest, Chuck Mockler. All right. Um, we got that coming up where we're going to be discussing, I guess, kind of the infamous trade of Baron Davis. And the first round pick to the Cavs. The, yeah, that would become Kyrie. Which, we got a lot to say about that. Um, then, there was an NCAA ruling about, quote-unquote, elite players getting agents, people going back to school. I don't know. I don't like anything the NCAA does, so... No, it seems shady, <laughs> but uh, I guess this is a move toward transparency. We'll, we'll get into that, and then we'll wrap up with some Clippers news. Yeah, some defensive pairings. That'll be coming up right after this. Hey, guys. We are back. Uh, quick, oh, I guess some quick NBA news right off the top. Melo finally officially signed with the Rockets. Still not officially. Man. Just to point out, it's a verbal, he is verbally <laughs> agreed. Man, I hope he backs out at the last <laughs> second. I hope he really is just like, you know I want to do this? Nah, never mind. Big old psych. <laughs> That'd be really funny if he uh, if he ended up not doing it and then going to China. Dude, he's, he's already because he already. I mean, he's guaranteed the money whether he plays or not already for the twenty three. Yeah, that's true. Twenty three or twenty four million from Atlanta. I think he and got he that could just, check, and then he could just go to China and probably make what thirty million dollars there. You I think hope he could make thirty million a year. Yeah, maybe not a year. Actually, yeah. I don't know how. Like, I don't know the pay scale that well. I think they can just give anyone as much money as they want. Yeah, I which mean, is the, there's no cap. There's yeah. no cap. Man, I hope I kind of hope Melo just becomes full heel. I hope he just like Full heel? yeah, like in wrestling. I hope he just embraces just being like I'm oh, a bad guy. I see. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Starts wearing a duster or something to practice. Uh, <laughs> that would be sick. Um, some bigger news, I guess. There's a bit of a shams bomb. Um, the NCAA released some new stuff along with a very weird hype video about their new oh, transparency. Yeah. Um, the one that I really like, we both kind of agree on this. Players that don't get drafted can just go back to school. Yeah. Which is dope. Yeah, I, th I think that's really great. I mean, you shouldn't have to give up any chance of going to college if it turns out you're not as good at basketball as you thought you or were. Or you get hurt or something yeah. like that. Like, And I always, I felt dumb because I, I always assumed the players could just do that anyway. Yeah. I, I never realized that you just like, I mean, I guess you could transfer schools, but like they're just like, ah, sorry, you're done. <laughs> like, yeah. You were great, but now you're not. Um, and then the other part was... They basically are allowing what already happens, like you've said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can I, let agents present elite players to schools. Which, you know, we all know elite players already have had. You yeah. know, out of high school, they already have kind of their teams and stuff in place. And now, I guess we're just being honest and we're being forthright about it, so... It's good? I don't know. It's like <laughs> To me, it's like a real net neutral. I do think the eligibility thing is great, that you don't totally... F that over if you, you know, sure. if you don't end up getting drafted. The agent thing to me, I still don't feel like is getting to the root of the problem. And the root of the problem, obviously, is you know the the gray area about paying college athletes. Yeah. And I think the real simple answer is, I mean, this is like a step in the right direction. Pay them. I think the real simple <laughs> answer. I mean, we already know they're getting paid. I think the real simple answer is you just tell everyone how much they're getting paid. Yeah. Just let us know. Like if you let us know, then it's like, oh, okay. Then it's no longer it, like it's no longer shady. It's like the DeAndre Ayton thing. Yeah, everyone was just like, oh well, that seems cheap. It always, 
Or there's a great interview with Charles Barkley talking about when Auburn supposedly, or I think they did, pay Cam Newton to mm-hmm. come to their school. He was like, it only cost $700,000 to get us a Heisman in a national championship. He goes, great investment. <laughs> He's like, that's a great investment. Um, the thing that gets me is the, I think the NCAA opens himself up to litigious people by using that word elite mm-hmm. and maybe not putting out what that it means. Because regionally, you know, we're from Montana and an elite player from Montana is not the same as an elite player from like a more densely populated state. Or Indiana. Or Indiana, yeah. <laughs> Some great ballers out there. Great ballers out listening. there. Um, so that to me is like, like say you're, the, say you're a top 20 player in Montana, you're technically an elite player. But if you're getting shopped to these schools and the NCAA can be like, well, you're not elite in our eyes, so you can't. Like the school may have said you could come here, but you I can't. Like that, I like that in your head, the like the problem here is the NCAA is like this evil villain. That's they are. Gonna, that's not going to pull eligibility <laughs> for from sure. a kid instead of them just getting turned down from a big school. They first, they'll either get turned down or they will get accepted and then be told they can't go to that school is what I think is going to happen, mm, which I, I think could screw kids over. Um the NCAA is terrible. <laughs> the elite thing, I just don't get. Like, why even use that word? Like, just say top prospects or like the top. Is it going to be the top two hundred in the nation? Is it going to be you know? Like, yeah, it's not. It's not immediately clear right now. Also, AAU basketball is completely ruining that too. But my other thing is, I'm assuming most of the kids aren't families aren't paying these agents because a mm. lot of the agents, like if you have a big agent, you probably can't afford. Yeah, it depends on the situation. I would guess that the, I mean, it's the general thing on how agents work is they're getting a cut. So when you get paid by the school or whatever, when you don't get paid by the school, (laughs) they're not getting a cut. Yeah, so that's like, I wonder if it's going to open up, like, how much the school is going to pay the kid. You I mean, know? I think I think it's going to be the same. Because whoever know, gives kids, the agent kids have agents now. Yeah, whoever, whatever school gives the agent the most money, that's where the kid's going to go. Yeah, I mean, and so are they going to release that? They should. They're not going to release that. Man, I would love to know, because it'd be cool. Like when Michael Beasley was in college, mm-hmm. I think he was the number one recruit out of high school. Yeah, and he went to Kansas State, which is like, I mean, not a bad school. But definitely, I don't think a number one recruit has, unless they were born at Kansas State University, has ever <laughs> chosen to go to Kansas State. Yeah. Like, what did he get for that? And then there's, of course, like teams like the uh, the Derrick Rose Memphis teams that was made up of like these super athletes, yeah. like D Rose from Chicago. It was like he like weirdly John Calipari was the coach there, and every place he's coached, there's been sanctions and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> He's the best politicking coach, I think. Yeah. Like, he truly understands the, like, you guys are going to the league, so I'm going to get, like, that's what I do. Yeah. Like, I kind of wish, I don't really like John Calipari, but I wish all the coaches had his candor of just, like, we're here to get you to the league. Yeah. Like, winning the championships is great. I think, (laughs) is John Calipari uh, the Rick Pitino in Blue Chips if Blue Chips comes out this year? A hundred percent. That is perfect. He's also a much better human being than Rick Pitino, at least yeah, as far yeah. as we know now. Man, they should do a Blue Chips remake. Yeah. Man, all right. So whoever's listening, get on that. Uh, if you want to contact us about writing scripts or something, we're super into it. 
Um, but yeah, we're going to, I'm sure there's going to be a fallout. In my notes, I say, folks, we got a quagmire right underneath <laughs> the new NCAA rulings. Um, that kind of wraps up our, I guess, league-wide, nationwide stuff. Right now, though, I think we can get into Parallel Universe, Oof, colon, what, name. what could have been Wednesday, as we <laughs> combined them both. It's perfect. Um, this week, from Twitter user at JMoonTropics, he gave us a really good one. We love all these suggestions. Please keep them coming. Um, what could have been Wednesday this year is... This year? Or this week, um, is the Clippers trade that sent Baron Davis and an unprotected first-round pick to the Cavs for Mo Williams and Jamario Moon. <laughs> Which seems insane. Seems insane. The whole... It also... I was looking at the details about this. It was three hours before the deadline was up. Yeah, yeah. Which, like, blows my mind. Like, that is such... I can't imagine that trade was very well thought. Like, it feels like a really rushed It's like another thing. one of those situations where I wish they had... Uh, I mean, I just wish you could always see what was going on. Like a hard knocks type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be really cool. Around the trade deadline. Um, but so Baron was traded because uh, he hated the Clippers because Donald Sterling was in like full, I really don't care about being a racist mode and would like heckle him during games. Yeah. Which no one deserves that. Like that's no. terrible. And it's a bummer because he was, he, he did really like living in Los Angeles and he did enjoy playing with with young Blake Griffin. Yeah, like, that was a really cool mix. And it was great. I think Blake learned a ton from playing with Baron Davis. Yeah. Baron Davis is one of those guys who I put in the consummate professional totally. bracket. Yeah. Of, like, plays hard, had one of the best dunks of all time when he played for the Warriors on Andre Kirilenko <laughs> in those playoffs. That was insane. Um, but so there was... The biggest thing for me is just reading about how there was no protection on that pick. Yeah. That blows your mind in 2018. Yeah. I just... I don't know. Because it was... Even, like, regardless of who that pick ends up being. Yeah, you know? it just... it's And it, it did... It was supposed to be number eight percentage-wise, but it but jumped still, even to number one. eight. Yeah, that's still a great pick. And so the Cavs ended up with the number one pick and the number four pick that they took with Tristan Thompson. Um, but so they ended up drafting Kyrie. Clippers miss out. Uh, and then we have the powerhouse Mo Williams and Jamario Moon. <laughs> but what do you think would have happened if the Clippers would have kept that pick? Well, I think that we would have messed it up and not gotten uh, not gotten Kyrie. Yeah, I don't think I think because Clippers luck, it jumped to one when the Cavs got it, and when we got it, it still would have been eight. And it would have yeah. been we would have drafted Jimmer for debt. Like I, <laughs> I genuinely believe we would have drafted Jimmer for debt. Sterling was on his down his really hard downhill of just like being an open racist. I'm sure yeah. I think about times like that, and I'm like, man, if social media was popping like it is now. Back when he was yelling at Baron Davis. I feel like it was. It was, but not as, like, Twitter wasn't as, not insane, because that's kind of a, but you know what I mean? Twitter wasn't as hyperactive with all of that, like, yeah stuff. Like, sports Twitter hadn't really been. It wasn't as, I, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I honestly think uh, we would have drafted Jimmer. <laughs> it would have been Jimmer and Blake, which might have been fun for, like, two weeks, <laughs> until Jimmer uh, ruined his whole shot at the NBA. But you think it would have stayed at number eight? Um, no, I mean, I, th I still think that it could have went to... We, we could have taken number one pick. I just feel like we maybe wouldn't have done the right thing. Yeah, I think we would have messed up. Seeing Kyrie with Blake, though, that would have been... That would have been a fun couple of years. Well, here's the other thing. Like, the team was pretty desperate. They had gotten one really high draft pick. Yeah. They were still, even with, you know, like some, some, good, some decent vets and role players, they were still... 
middling at best. Yeah, what did they win? Thirty. They won thirty-two games, 32 games that year, <laughs> and so I think that. I mean, I can understand the perception. Um, it's such a hindsight thing where it's like that could have been Kyrie Irving, but it's like, yeah, but it's also it was crazy. It jumped from eight. It also could have been. I mean, the situation they were trying to avoid was getting you know some young nineteen-year-old with one year of college under their belt. Eight who's... games in college too. Yeah, or maybe even four. Something single digits. <laughs> yeah. So who's still? I mean, in your mind, if if they're a point guard, is going to need two or three seasons to like yeah. really come into themselves. I mean, probably three. Yeah. You have a player that you already took number one. Who's been hurt. Who has been hurt, has kind of an injury history. Mm-hmm. I think that you're looking at that timeline, and it's not it's not ideal. Here's an interesting thing. Enes Cantor got drafted third that year. Do you think they would have drafted Cantor with the first pick to put him at center and Blake at the four? No. You still think they would have gone Kyrie? Yeah, I mean, they just already... Because part of the consideration for this trade, too, was they... Um, they they wanted to have some space to be able to sign DeAndre to more yeah. money, um, and they also had made like a pretty strong verbal commitment to Eric Gordon that they were gonna oh, yeah. really take care of him. So that's Ugh. that's another piece of this trade that's a little bit interesting because he would end up being traded the next year. And we ended up it really helped us get Chris Paul. Yeah, like it ultimately, which at the time. Yeah, I'd take Chris Paul over Kyrie Irving at the time just because you didn't know. No one knew yeah, Kyrie was I gonna mean, be as great as he was or is, I should say. I think. Um, you know, Chris Paul is definitely older. I, s- I still think that was a better decision for the franchise. Mm-hmm. I think that um, bringing in somebody with the like the mentality and the poise and kind of the um, the leadership abilities of someone like Chris Paul, yeah, I think was a lot more influential for the franchise, especially of the era, yeah. Um, than bringing in a a young rookie would have been. I and I could also see like Blake and Kyrie kind of like. Uh, butting heads. Butting heads, yeah. Yeah, well, Blake believes the earth is round, so they would have. <laughs> um, just some notable picks around the eight spot, Let's, if the Clippers would have kept it. Kimball Walker went nine. Oh, man. Uh, Jimmer Fredette, right before Clay Thompson at 10. Clay Thompson at 11. See, I think Clay Thompson, I think that would have been an man. insane. If, an the Clippers, insane pick. if the Clippers would have had Clay, Blake, both on rookie contracts, and then gotten CP3 and DeAndre. That would have been mind blowing. That would have yeah. been such a great team yeah. for so long. Um, wow, Kawhi Leonard drafted at fifteen, of course. Uh, Tobias Harris right there at nineteen. Um, so I think, yeah, and the, we made the right decision now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think yeah, it is very much a hindsight trade. I do think we would have been worse off had we not made it. It's kind of hard to stomach now, just looking at all of the yeah, yeah, things. yeah. And obviously, like what I'm saying isn't a knock on Kyrie at all. It's just like it, I don't at really, the time at the time, yeah, I don't really see the fit necessarily. Yeah, and it would have been. It just would have been. I mean, it would have been fun, but I don't think it would have been necessarily the most productive basketball. I feel like Lob City was fun while still being productive when it was good yeah not towards the tail end like it was still like oh well these guys are great oh but they're still winning games yeah you know like it's fun to watch like people play great but then when you're still losing it just sucks um and the the unprotected thing it's crazy there weren't protections in it yeah you would just think you'd be like all right it's protected and even one protection even you're like it's protected a top two or the number one it's protected i feel like they still would have taken the trade Oh, absolutely. Because they'd be like, oh, there's no way this eight pick is going to be the number one pick. 
haha, big fake out, calves. <laughs> um, and then another, like, just kind of a footnote of the trade yeah. is that uh, Mo Williams was later traded to bring the ghost of Lamar Odom back oh, to yeah. finish his final, his final NBA season uh, as a Clipper. I hope Lamar Odom crushes in China. Oh, yeah. I think he's going to. Yeah. There's this wonderful video of him back in the day pulling off the sham god at a pro-am. And, like, <laughs> he does the sham god, and then he goes through this guy's leg, and he does, like, one of the sauciest runs up to a layup. And then just, like, the whole gym just shuts down. Like, I legit <laughs> think that they maybe stopped the game after that. Uh, I'm excited in three years, you know, when we're still hosting this podcast, to do a what could have been about Jerome and Shea. You mean if we didn't take If him? we hadn't taken like if we would have taken Michael Porter. Because I'm oh, assuming yeah. his back will be made of all... He'll be the aluminum monster in three years. <laughs> he'll be a noodle. Man, everyone... I see a lot of people on Twitter saying we should have taken Michael Porter. Yeah, it still seems like people are kind of heated about that. It, I don't really understand it. Even after his back surgery. I'm like, yeah. we don't... We already have this weird curse of being an injured team. Why would we take a pre-injured well, again, guy? I mean... The medicals must not have been good from tumble that far. Yeah, like that's it's a huge red flag. Obviously, I mean, great pick by the Nuggets. They don't really have anything to lose in that situation. Yeah, but that's beside the point. Um, now I think we can maybe get into. We wanted to talk about. We talked about defensive stuff on Monday, but we left off one of our key defensive contributors. If he is healthy from his shoulder, Luke Rashard Mute. Yeah. Um, the lineup that could cause a bunch of trouble for other teams offensively is Beverly, Bradley, Luke. Yes. That one, two, and three, like, those guys can guard. I mean, that's a very switchable. They don't have to worry about switching off screens, really. Like, all those guys can kind of handle the other guy's guy. Yeah. I feel like. Uh, yeah, it's a very, very, very solid lineup. Who And then who do you put at the four and the five? Uh, I think you put Mike Scott at the four. Oh, yeah, that'd yeah, be great. I think you put him at the four. Uh, from what I've read, his defense got a little better last year. He just kind of has continued to improve. And then at the five, I think you put Trez, dude. Yeah. With that lineup, it's just like a hyper-switch, hyper-active. Like, dude, Trez is just this ball of energy. So, like, switching is no problem. I think that lineup, I think that specific lineup, when they're on the court together, however many minutes they end up seeing, could be top ten in the league. Just uh, defensive rating. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe not offensively. Offensively. <laughs> offensively, I guess you're relying on Avery Bradley to get points in that lineup. Yeah, Avery Bradley with the perimeter game and I guess Mike Scott. and Yeah, Mike Scott's a good shooter. So I guess you rely on yeah. So offensively, well, that's what offensively. I guess you have a, a you have a couple options. It's not bad. Yeah. I would say that offensively, it's not as bad as the defense of like a Milos, Lou, Tobias lineup. Yeah, you know, like I would rather. I guess this kind of poses a question: Would you rather have the defensive liability or the offensive liability? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, isn't that kind of the point? Isn't that to some degree the point of having multiple lineups? Yeah, for you sure. Know? Like you, you have people to cover, to cover each other, to kind of minimize or, um, yeah, minimize any sort of holes or, I mean, ideally enhance each other's game is a better for way sure. to think about it. But I think late in the game we might see, like if we're up by eight or whatever, we'll see a ton of Beverly, Bradley, and Luke. Yeah. Assuming Luke is healthy too. Um. Yeah, I think that, I mean, he got, I guess... He he was a DNP in the 
in the last game of the finals. But also, like, they were kind of running... They were running, like, a six-man rotation in Houston. Like, yeah. in the playoffs, they were like, this is who we got, guys. No one else is playing. Yeah. Like. And he was... he. He has been really struggling offensively since the since the shoulder injury. He seems very tentative, um, tentative to take it to the rim. Uh, I think that I believe this is the second time he's dislocated his shoulder or or messed it up from a dunk. Uh, so it seemed like he's he's not really willing to play above the rim. Him and, and Gortat, it'll be perfect. They can both just not dunk yeah. <laughs> like for entire games. So of his. The time. Um, He's relying a lot more on kind of layups and, um, you know, really close to the basket kind of little three-foot shots and stuff like that. And it's it hasn't been as been as effective. Um, yeah. And it's also one That's of those such a things, hard transition to make from just, like, banging dunks home to being like, oh, I got to put, like, you got to put touch on layups. <laughs> yeah, I also think that um, it's really easy to read after a while by opposing defenses. Yeah, you just don't have to worry about him crashing into you yeah. at the rim. That's a really good point. And he also got hurt in the 81st game of the season, which yeah. is a meaningless game if you're the Rockets. Yeah, they it had, was a meaningless game. They had the win already. Yeah, it was like, I don't know if it was a blowout, but they were for sure going to win. Yeah. They were already the number one seed, and maybe because of Luke's decision-making, he decides to like bang one home <laughs> and just dislocate his shoulder. Side note, have you ever dislocated anything? No, I've never dislocated anything. I've never broken anything. Nice. I've dislocated a finger in hockey. Oof. My coach just did, I mean, it was just a classic. He kept my finger in the glove, which I think was smart, Oof. and then he just popped it back into place. Uh, I did cry. This was senior year of high school. I felt very emasculated. <laughs> um, it <laughs> that did. sounds awful. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, that kind of wraps it up for this week. You got anything else? Any quick... Any quick notes? Oh, with the um, Rockets thing, it is going to alter the uh, the ranking for the sheer offense of the best uh, of the best forwards in the Western Conference, which I've been teasing all week. We're going to have that coming for you on Friday, along with our favorite segment, your favorite segment. Oh man, love, love Mary, Mary Kill, dude! Friday's going to be great. We're going to have a lot of stats on Friday, a lot of fun. Um, again, any Twitter or any emails you guys want to send us for what could have been Wednesdays in Aerial Universe, please do. We yeah. love them. Uh, local advertisers, please get at us. We would love to advertise your product. Yeah. Be it shaving cream, be it beer. We be use it both. anything. Uh, that'll do it. I am Honest Chuck Mockler. And I'm William the Opinion Updike. We Thanks are, so much for listening. Bye, y'all.